before Mr. Burkhart comes up, I just want to say some words of introduction. Today we begin a seven-week series, and some of you have been through this series uh, three times already. Let's see, eighth grade, seventh grade, sixth grade, maybe fourth, maybe yeah, this is your fourth time. Um, we do this every year because we want to present the basic gospel message, what it is that Jesus came to teach us, what he came to do for us, and what we can do in response to Jesus to be filled with his spirit, to live a new life in Christ. So today is the first part of that series about God's love for us. And uh, let's welcome Mr. Burkhart. Thanks, Mr. Messina. Thanks for leading us in worship. Thanks, worship team. Um, yeah, so life in the spirit, God's love. I am an expert on love. Is love weird? For us to talk about love, is it weird? I can see the faces that are reacting to me saying that. I think you're confirming that it's, it can be weird. It doesn't have to be weird. But the word love, it has this magical power to kind of make us like feel deeply and squirm a little. I wonder why that is. Um, I think it's a good thing that love is weird because if it wasn't weird, we wouldn't think about it as much or we wouldn't notice it. Have you ever noticed that the things you notice are weird? Like, if it's just according to your expectation kind of can just pass right over it with your eyes or ears. But if I stop talking like this, sometimes I do that in class as a teacher because I re I'm thinking I'm speaking in my normal voice. <laughs> it's just not computing. I think I'll speak in a different voice and they'll notice at least that I'm speaking in a weird voice and maybe they'll hear me a little more. Or like, you know, we have a school where we are in uniforms. Well, you're in uniforms. I have to wear a tie and get a haircut sometimes. Um, and, but if someone were to come in, you know, with like orange pants, it would, ju it would, it would be weird and everyone would notice, right? So, so it's... Sometimes you don't want to stand out, but some things that we are liable to forget about, we have to find ways for it to stand out. So it's convenient that love is weird because whenever someone says, I love you, it's kind of weird. Or whenever someone talks about love, it's strange, but it's good. So I'm going to talk about love. God's love. Um, it's beyond comprehension, though. So it's kind of, um, do you think there's a word 
that can capture what is meant by love, like just in one word? I mean, I guess the best guess would be love, right? Does love, the word love, does that tell you 100% uh, what is meant by God's love for you? Does it capture it? Maybe. Maybe in Josh Kavanaugh's mind, maybe he can see what is meant by love, by God's love. Can you see it? I think you're close. What does come to mind when you think of love? What's an image? It can be totally random. I'll, I'll give you an example. Love. Warm blanket. Gabby? Beautiful. Your mom making lunch for herself or for you. For you. What's another image of love? It doesn't even have to be an action, but it can be an action, but just something maybe that you love. Charlotte? Valentine's Day. This is like a little bit of a preparation for Valentine's Day. It'll deepen your (laughs) how to enjoy Valentine's Day, yeah? Grocery shopping. So you said love in your mind and you saw grocery shopping? Okay. Nolan loves food. (laughs) And his mom loves him by going to the grocery store, right? What else? Maya? A hug. That's very obvious and good and simple. It's true. A hug. Hopefully you've all received hugs. Excuse me. Mr. Pinkova. A baby. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Love. Baby. Yeah, definitely. That's one for me. My baby's a toddler now. So I can, I can say toddler, too. So I think everyone thinks of something when you hear the word love, right? Everyone, I'm attacking you with a word. Love. It's in your head. And it makes things come into your mind. It's kind of this crazy thing that happens with word association. And I guess my point here is that we all, have, we all probably have kind of slightly different or very different images of what love is. And somehow all of those are included in God's love. That God's love is deep and rich and various and um, wild and, uh, and weird, I guess. It's weird. It's strange that, that God would love us. I think that's fair to say. It's strange that God would love us with all his heart, would die for us. And I like that. I like that it's strange. Um, so I'm really glad to be able to speak to you about God's love and to, to basically say to you something that I bet you've heard before and to try to make it a little weird for you so that you'll notice. God loves you. And you can't really say that too many times, can you? You can't exhaust 
what is meant by that. With all the images, if someone, if I attacked you every second with the word love and, and a different mental picture came into your mind every day for the rest of your life and you had different things, all that would not add up to the, to the, the largeness of God's love for you and for me. It's weird. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm happy to repeat this to you. God loves you. God's love is real. God's love defies categories. There's no words for it. God loved you. He, he, he knows that there's no word for it. Did you know Jesus is referred to as the Word? Capital W. Because God knows you can't fit the truth in a series of beliefs, in utterances. Simply uttering, I believe, is crucial, but it isn't everything. That ultimately, loving is doing, right? Is acting and being love. Love isn't just saying, I love you. But it's very important to say that to your parents. And to people who it's weird to say it to. <laughs> but Jesus is the word of love. Jesus, did he just say, I love you? Now that I think of it, I don't... I mean... Whether he said it or not, he definitely told us to love our neighbor and to love him. But he, it was so much more than words for him, right? What he did, his life was love. And he spoke love when he could, and he acted love. He did love. And that act on the cross that sacrifice he made for you, that's weird. And we have a weird symbol as Christians that many of us have as tattoos, right? <clears throat> no, I don't think any of you have that tattoo. Um, <laughs> was that strange that I said that? Did I get your attention? I don't know. Do you want to see my tattoo? <laughs> I don't I don't have tattoos. But the, the cross is, is this, the cross is the love that we should think about. The cross is the message. This profound moment in history where God um, had hair and pupils and the nostrils and the nostrils and he walked around and ate fish and he talked to people and then he died for you it's wild that's that's love that's what you're called to that that's the same thing that that you're supposed to do you're human god was human he thinks it's worthwhile being human so you should too 
you should give yourself in love and sacrifice for people. So it's, it's, it's supremely good news that, that Christians have, that you have in your pocket, that you can wear around your neck, this good news that God loves humanity, regardless of what you've done, what you're doing, or what you will do. Regardless of that, it's like a big, shiny beam of light just blasting at you that for many of us, it would be a difficulty to, to bear that, right? It's like too bright, too hot, um, can't see. That's like God's love. It's just there. It's overwhelming you. It's overwhelming me. It's overwhelming us. It's weird. So in this Life in the Spirit seminar series, the whole point is to, is to for us to make a choice to receive God's love, to open up hands. You can't take anything with closed hands, right? You can't eat anything with a closed mouth. So we have to have open hands to God's love. And over the next month and a half, <clears throat> we, I want you all to be weird and to try to step away from what you think the world expects you to be and to try to look at yourself and see a version of yourself as someone who loves from the moment you wake up to the moment you fall asleep. What does that look like? What does it look like if I'm someone who is simply lit up with God's love? Does that a person I want to be? Hmm. Wow. Look at that. I can see myself maybe being very humbled. Or there might be some pain. And yet, I also see joy. I've seen lots of people who love a lot, and I see that there's joy there, a deep joy, a deep joy that other people who maybe have lots of things and lots of friends and lots of money, I don't know if they have that. They might. So that's what this, that's what we want to really focus in on for the next six, seven weeks, is to try to look at ourselves in God's light <clears throat> and to remember the good news that God wants you, that God desires you, that God follows you on your social media. He wishes you well. He mourns with you. He suffers with you. That he sees you as his child that children, which, are, are, are there children here? You are children, right? 
children are fundamental, and God included children in his plan of salvation. If you have read scripture some, you know that. Samuel, the prophet and priest of the Old Testament, was promised before he was even born to be a servant of God. His mother promised that if she would, could have a child, that she would hand him over in the service of the priest Eli. And so he was just a boy when he went. God included a child in his plan of love. Mary, she was pretty young when she gave birth to the Son of God. David, who would eventually be a powerful king, started off as a, the youngest brother of seven shepherd. He fought lions. I mean, that, that's cool. But he also, when no one would fight against Goliath, the Philistine giant, no one would fight against him, not even King Saul. So he just sat there for days. What should we do? Maybe, maybe Goliath will disappear, you know? David didn't, he was like, how about, okay, how about I do this? I'll I'll handle it, guys. And so David, teenage boy, whose expertise is only in protecting his sheep, defeats David. He uses wits. I'm sorry. (laughs) That was weird. David defeats David. He does do that later. Um, David defeats Goliath. Who knows, maybe three times his size, you know, with a, with a stone. Then he hacks off his head. Um, children have been included from the beginning in the important work of salvation. So if you think you have an out until you're of an, an adult age, responsible age, you don't. God invites you now to do great things. Jesus liked it when the children would be fun around him, would be chattering in their way. Even when his disciples were like, get those children out of here. Jesus was like, no, let the children come to me. I like these guys. I relate to that. When adults are being adults, I like it when the children can... be on the trampoline and stuff. So, to finish up, God wants you. None of this is chance. It's all design. It's all art. You have been created, designed for something beautiful. You are already beautiful. The source of that beauty is God's love for you. It shapes you. During this next uh, January and February, I want you to dig deeper, be weirder, love more, look at yourself, try to see a, a new version of yourself that you can become, that person who accepts God's love who is loving to one another, who is willing to kind of stand out as someone who 
is willing to sacrifice, is willing to be humble, is willing to be patient and kind, not to judge, but to walk with people in all kinds of circumstances who need the healing balm of God's love. They need to know it. You need to both know God's love and feel it. You can be the source of that feeling to others by being present. So that wasn't that weird. But there are a lot of people who don't know how to love, for whom it is very weird if you are to go up to them and try to love them. So we want to be comfortable in, the, in that weird, strange place of God's love so that we can reach across that distance that people create and bring people into God's love too and to tell them about it and to show them what it looks like in our lives, okay? Um, I didn't get to read it, but you should read Psalm 139 if you think about it. It's a powerful psalm that sums up how God feels for you. If that comes across your mind's eye in the next couple weeks, Psalm 139 is a great psalm. But let's close with prayer. Dear Father, thank you for loving us and for bringing us here this morning to try to push ourselves to receive this immense gift that you give to us. Thank you for these students. Thank you for the gift that they are to us, the teachers. Help them to know this deep truth that they are loved. Help them to see with their imagination a future that is in you, a version of themselves that's shaped by your love. And thank you for being with us now and always. We praise your name, Lord. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Go be weird. <laughs>